Love the British monarchy? You've come to the right place. Welcome to the To Die For Daily podcast with Kinsey Schofield. Take it away, Kinsey. Schofield here with the To Die For Daily podcast. And today I'm here with Father Calvin Robinson. Father, I am a huge fan of yours. I told you I've been watching you. It started on actually talk radio during you know the, the pandemic. We're all locked up and kind of, I think that there was a sense of just chaos. You know, you wanted, you were looking for answers. You were looking for any sort of hope and inspiration. And I turn on the TV and in my little studio apartment in Los Angeles, California, and watch you all the way over in, in, no. in the UK, <laughs> uh, talking it, you just met, you've always made so much sense to me. You, you, the way you communicate is, is through love and through kindness. And, um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for, you know, some of the, the courageous things I've seen you say, and, and thank you so much for, you know, just really being a thought leader in this space because um, I'm a, I'm a very big fan of yours, and I think that, you know, I think that people can learn a lot through just navigating the world with you and and watching the way that you handle some difficult situations. That is very kind of you, Kinsey. Thank you. That, that honestly, that's very touching. Um, what you won't know is that I'm not doing shows at the moment. I'm not doing other people's shows. I'm not doing podcasts. But I said yes to you and only to you because I've also been a fan of your work for a long time. And we've crossed paths every now and then. It's always been been nice to do so because you can tell some people are in this because it's a job, but other people are in it because they love what they do. And you're one of those, the latter. And it's, it comes across. So thank you. Thank you so much. I wanted to talk to you today and you were the first person I thought about because things in the royal sphere have become, you know, pretty, pretty scary. I don't, it, Christmas was so beautiful at Sandringham, seeing the unity with the family, um, watching them smile, walking into church and the exit from church. There was such strength kind of radiating from the royal family, despite what we've seen over the last few years with the Sussexes and despite you know some of the chaos that has um, been around Prince Andrew, there was real just beauty in watching that Sandringham walk. So we we go into the new year, we're hit with some some old chaos with Andrew. and then we get note that, the Princess of Wales had a scheduled abdominal surgery that's going to keep her out until Easter. The king had a planned surgery with a benign prostate issue. However, now we know that he has cancer. We're unaware as to what cancer he had, but that was discovered through the surgery. Um, I wanted to talk to you about faith, and I wanted to talk to you about how important that is right now and and how important that is to the royal family, because the royal family's relationship with faith and the royal family's relationship with the church is incredibly important. So can you talk to me a little bit about uh, how the royal family um, and and God really go hand in hand and how important it is for the royal family to champion the church? Yeah, absolutely. There's so much to talk about there. I'll, I'll briefly touch on Prince Andrew because you brought that up. and. I think I've always been cautious to talk on that on that topic because I've always said someone is innocent until proven guilty, but then he didn't go through the appropriate measures to be found innocent or guilty. And so he's left in this gray zone and he will forever be this gray cloud over the royal family now, which is not helpful for him 
or the family, but it shows a lack of faith because it showed a lack of faith in the system. And if he doesn't, as, as a institutional part of the system as the royal family is if he doesn't have faith in the system why should any of us have faith in the system you know mm. he should have said look i believe in this judicial system that we have here and I'll, i'm going to prove my innocence and faith is so important for all of these things that we're going through at the moment and it's obviously not just faith in the system but faith in something bigger than the system that the royal family is a part of and we, we used to talk about the divine right of kings. We used to talk about this idea that we get the rulers that we deserve. We get the leaders that we deserve. And we used to come to the conclusion that even in, in uh, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II's day, that the, per the person leading the country, the head of state, is the first among equals, but is the servant of the, the nation, not the ruler. So the, Her Majesty the Queen always had this mentality of, I'm here to serve my subjects and this is what christ taught us right christ taught us that that, that the first should be last and the last should be first and that, that the master should serve the slave to use old-fashioned biblical language but it, what it means is that we're not to lord it over people and if we are privileged in the true sense of the word if we are gifted with worldly goods or, or means that other people don't have we're supposed to use those for the advantage of other people to help other people and the royal family has always been a symbol of that well not always but for the most part it's been a symbol of that in that they are born into a privileged environment but that privilege is for us it's for our nations it's for the commonwealth the empire it's for each individual within those nations to know that we have something that brings us all together that binds us all together and the reason i mentioned it linked to faith is but because the sovereign, the monarch, is held accountable not to us, but to God. So they're supposed to serve us, and they're held accountable to God. So it's a reminder that there's a power even bigger than them, and that all of us will be held to the same judgment someday. Oh, that's so powerful. I think one of the things that attracts me to the royal family, whether they are aware of it or not, is, you know, the you know, I think that when it comes to Americans, they're always like, oh, it's the pomp and ceremony, which it is, but so much of that is ha that happens in the church. And it does feel, so, it you know, it's not happening in a stadium. Like, it you know, in the States, we worship in the, at the football field. You know, it really does feel so much more significant when you are watching these people in, in such a beautiful space. And you know that um, God is so involved in, in the process. Um, do you feel, because I know a lot of us looked at Queen Elizabeth and we learned a lot about her faith actually after she died. Do you feel like the king is as as emotionally invested in the faith as his mother was? I think he's emotionally invested in faith. I hope it is of her faith. I'm um, a bit dubious on that. He seems to be, you know, he he's exploratory. He likes a bit of this and a bit of that. And he, he appreciates other faiths. Uh, I just hope he doesn't appreciate them too much. You know, there have obviously been rumors over the years that uh, he's heavily invested in Islam and he's, he's quite favorable to, towards Islam, which I would see as problematic because there is one truth. And if you believe that Jesus Christ is the truth, then everything else is a lie. And so it's difficult to be too appreciative of, of lies. Um, however, he has managed to maintain what his mother set up and his mother did you're right she was very faithful and we learned a lot more about it when she died because she made sure that in her death she gave us all one last gift you know that funeral was probably the biggest sign of public witness for christ that we've ever had around the world ever since the resurrection like we had 28 million people tuned in live to watch 
Her Majesty's funeral, which was an explicitly Christian service, as you rightly said, centered in a church. So that element, you're right, taking us out of a stadium, taking us out of a worldly environment and putting us in this ancient building that is soaked in centuries of prayer and it is all directed towards something bigger than us it's that transcendental attitude of taking us out of ourselves reminding us that we are part of a big picture and that we are part of god's great plan and it's humbling to see the the most important so-called people in the land all on their knees before the deity that's that's a reminder to all of us that we're all human beings we're all fallen we're all individuals and it's a reminder that we can all make mistakes because we're all sinners however we can all be united in our love for God and reminded that Jesus Christ loves all of us. And that love is important always. And, you know, we're seeing that this this last month or so with members of the royal family in hospital, because in times of vulnerability, that could be difficult for a nation when our leader, whether we like him or not, is, is in a state of peril. Like we have to come together around prayer. We have to come together in a, in a way that reminds us that what is important to us is our love for each other and our love for God. For people that might not be, maybe they they didn't grow up in a household where faith was a priority, uh, but they're curious about what you do and they're curious about how to worship. How would you explain prayer? How would you tell somebody to pray? Oh, I would probably say that prayer is communication and we can pray in lots of ways. We can just think, we can close our eyes and we can think and and hope that god can hear us which he can or we can you know put we put our posture into it so we get on our knees and we, we clasp our hands in order to a humble ourselves but also to get ourselves in a different meditative state to 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 set ourselves away from everything else it, i i kind of link it to you know when you're in you're reading something and you and you kind of your mind goes somewhere else or, or you're, you're, you're supposed to be focused on something, someone's lecturing you on something and your mind just wanders off, like that happens all the time. So you have to kind of prepare yourself to, to not do that. And that's why, that's why we have posture in our prayer to kind of focus our whole body, our whole being on what we're doing in communicating with God. And what to pray is important too. So a lot of people struggle with what do I pray? And you know, we start off quite often because we're, we're selfish beings, we start off asking for things. Please <laughs> can I get this? Please can they, you know, this job, this house, this car, and and so pleasers are often quite common but it's important to start with thanks i think yeah. you know, thank you for this opportunity thank you for the my health my family the people around me so start off with things to be thankful for and then if you want to ask for things to to ask for pleasers get to them as well but also i think the most important thing and this is what god taught us uh, through the bible in the lord's prayer is to ask for thy will be done and what we mean by that is try not to be too specific in what we think we feel we want or need in a time because God's plan for us is far greater than we could ever imagine. So tr try to pray for God's will to be done in our lives, that we can be, uh, we can reach our full potential in what he sees in us rather than what we see in ourselves. Because what we see in ourselves is often limited. He sees us as far greater than we see ourselves. That made me feel like such less of a heathen that you said, start with thanks, because I I don't know. I'm sure I learned it in church as a little child, but that's always been my priority. Here's a list of what I'm thankful for. By the way, could I get, you know, by the way, can I, might I just ask for some things to happen in this direction? So mm -hmm. I'm so happy to hear that. Um, do you mind if we 
said a prayer for the Princess of Wales and the King when it comes to his his new cancer diagnosis? Absolutely, that's a great idea. I'm going to pull up the official prayers of the state for the royal family because I think they are absolutely beautiful. Oh wow! Oh, thank you so much for doing that. So we've got a couple of prayers here. One one for His Majesty the King, and then one for the royal family. Okay. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, high and mighty, King of kings, Lord of lords, the only ruler of princes, who dost from thy throne behold all the dwellers upon earth, most heartily we beseech thee with thy favour to behold our most gracious sovereign Lord, King Charles, and so replenish him with the grace of thy Holy Spirit, that he may always incline to thy will and walk in thy way. And you him plenteously with heavenly gifts, Grant him in health and wealth long to live. Strengthen him that he may vanquish and overcome all his enemies. And finally, after this life, he may attain everlasting joy and felicity through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, the fountain of all goodness, we humbly beseech thee to bless Queen Camilla, William, Prince of Wales, the Princess of Wales, and all the royal family. And you them with thy Holy Spirit, enrich them with thy heavenly grace, and prosper them with all happiness, and bring them to thine everlasting kingdom. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Oh, my gosh, I'm crying. <laughs> so the, these prayers are beautiful. We, uh, as as uh, Anglicans, they're prayed every morning and every evening um, in the Book of Common Prayer. So every church across the world, across the world that celebrates through the Anglican tradition is praying for our King, and our queen and our prince and princess of Wales every single day, at least twice a day. Isn't that beautiful? Um, I'd love to know, because when I actually started first watching you, you had like, this beautiful portrait of Queen Elizabeth behind you. Mm. Why are you so patriotic when it comes to the royal family? Do you have, did you grow up in a household where the fa your family celebrated the royal family? It, wh why are you so invested in it? Because it's always been something that I've admired about you. Well, thank you. Good question. Uh, so I look at America and I see everyone getting united behind the flag and it's great that there's the unity there, but it feels impersonal. And I'm, so, I'm just really thankful that we don't have to use our flag. We do have our flag. I've got my flag behind me. But we've mm -hmm. also got the personification of our country in that living embodiment of the monarch. And that, there's something special about that because we can relate to them. You know, Her Majesty the Queen Elizabeth II felt like, to me, she felt like my, my third grandmother. It was, it was kind of, a, you know, an interpersonal relationship. And I think a lot of people felt that. Um, my father's side of my family came from the Caribbean. They came from Jamaica, which is a, a Commonwealth nation, formerly part of the British Empire. But when they came to Britain, they felt like they were coming to the motherland. And, you know, my, my grandmother had uh, plates on her mantelpiece with, with Her Majesty's face on them. It was it was like a patriotic kind of a, a reuniting, coming back together in, in their Britishness. And I thought there was something special about that too. But even even the English side of my family We've always been appreciative that it doesn't really matter what class you belong to, it doesn't matter what color you are, it doesn't matter what religion you are even, that we're all brought together by the institutions of this country. And that's the conservative in me believes that the royal family is the greatest institution of this land because it's more important than the judiciary, the legislative, the executive, because it's the thing that unites all of them. And it's also a protective measure for the people as well. You know, as long as we have a king or a queen, 
who's the head of the military and the head of the judiciary. We don't have politicians who are the head of them. Therefore, we're protected against dictators and, and totalitarian regimes. So it's it's just always made sense to me that the monarchy is a good thing. And I find it baffling when people dis dislike it because you can you can still respect the position, even if you don't necessarily like the person. We've been very fortunate in her, the queen was wonderful and loved by pretty much everyone. We now have a king who's less liked, but you can still respect the, the role that he fulfills, even if you don't like his politics. I don't personally like his politics, but I still think it's a, it's a great thing that we have a king. And so when it comes to the longevity of the monarchy, do you think that that's something that's important to your culture, that's important to kind of the structure and stability of, of you know, Britain? Yeah, I, don't, I think if we tried to get rid of the monarchy, we'd have to reform every single institution in the land. So we'd have to change the House of Commons and the House of Lords. We'd have to change our policing system, our military. We'd have to alter our academia. Everything would have to be changed. It would become unrecognizable as a, as a country. And I assume that in removing a lot or reforming a lot of these things, we'd actually modernize them as well. So everything would be destroyed. It would not be pleasant. Um, but it, it comes back to the divine right of kings. We from the times of Israel in, in the Old Testament, we as a human species have asked for leaders and the best or the least worst, worst approach for leadership is, is a monarchy. I don't mm -hmm. think a constitutional republic forms the same kind of relationship with people as, as a constitutional monarchy. You know, we, the early days of the United States are a good example. That were, it was a very strong system. And then we look at what we've got today and we see it's become so polarized and so corrupted, there's so much money, there's so much influence in a way that our uh, constitutional monarchy doesn't necessarily have to the same degree because there are so many more protective measures. And if we look around the world, there, there aren't great um, opportunities for situations that are different to constitutional monarchy. We have lots of different types of democracy, but they're all, it's all, which is the least worst option. I think what we have right now is the least worst option. It's beautiful. I really, it's not just, I know that structurally what you're saying, the strategy makes sense, but as an American watching it, 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 it is a, it's a beautiful um, situation. And I just, I love the history. I wondered because you are very much into the Royal family and I, you've actually been on panels with me where you discuss the Royal family. Does the history of the Royal family and the history of the church is that what attracts you to the are you a history nerd is that why you love these two different lanes um i don't know i, I didn't like history when i was at school kinsey oh um, i found it boring i like it now because there's just so much of it especially coming from the old world right uh, you know right. i keep drawing examples to america just because that's where you happen to be but i i love america i love it when i'm there but when i'm there people are like this is so old you're gonna love this old church and i get there they're like the date says 1876 there's a like, starbucks yeah. <laughs> there's like a like, starbucks. i've got books on my bookshelf older than that you know it's, it's the relative when we come back to, when i come back to england or any other place in europe that's got this this deep ancient -ish history you, you can see monuments that we wouldn't even recognize anymore there's there's a whole breadth to who we were as a people and how we've got here and england has been a, a and England has been a Christian country since, I mean, on and off since the early 900s. So way over a thousand years. And it's, and it's been, well, is that a thousand years? My maths is terrible. But it's hundreds and hundreds of years, it's been an established Christian country. And if we look all the way back to pre-William the Conqueror, 
you know, before we even had a formalized system of a monarchy, before we even really understood what it meant the, and how we inherited the next in, in line to the throne and all of that, before any of it worked, we had, the, we had Christ at the center of it. So we had a, a system of moral values and that shaped the laws of the land, our common law. You know, everyone is free. It's a free country. People are free to do whatever they choose unless it's explicitly outlawed in the law. You know, all of this evolved and, and America took a lot of it and adapted it and made it better. But all of it comes from a focus on the Bible and what and what God teaches to be good and bad and what we know to be true. And so there's, there's a beauty in that history that goes all the way back to the faith. And that, that faith founded the land that we live in. Well, I've had some really sweet comments sent to us about how this is not just a, a conversation that needs to happen around the king and, and princess of Wales, but this is just a great topic uh, in general. So I, I appreciate that feedback. If somebody is sitting at home and they're unsettled by what's happening right now, maybe they feel like it, there's a, a spiritual attack on the royal family or, you know, why is this so much bad stuff happening to the royal family right now? You know, I, I know that a lot of it is faith. You've got to have faith. But it, it, biblically, can you tell us anything that might bring people peace as they're navigating through, uh, you know, some of the the anxiety around feeling like the royal family is going through a difficult time right now? Yeah, that's a good question. And thank you for the lovely comments. I've just noticed them. Lots of nice people out there. Um I think there are attacks on the royal family, but it's not just on the royal family, it's on us as a people. And because the royal family is the physical embodiment of, of the, the British and the Commonwealth people, it's an attack on who we are. And when we've been so united after the funeral and the coronation, as a people, we came together around the royal family and around the country, we found a bit of unity in a time when we've, we've been so divided for so long, you know, issues of COVID and Brexit and Ukraine and, and whatnot. So the royal family brought us together. And so the thing that brought us together is what's under attack. And so our, I, I think I'd like to remind people that it's our duty to pray for them. As well, as well as it is for them to, to serve us. And that, I get that comes back to you might not like who they are as individuals, but the institution of the royal family and the, the British nation, the United Kingdom, all of that needs prayer. And if you do believe that there are spiritual attacks going on, the answer to that is to pray for the health and well-being. And those two prayers that we, we said earlier, they are very common and available online. If people want to get a copy of the Book of Common Prayer, um, you, can, you can get them to pray pray daily as well but praying for each other praying for the nation and praying for the monarchy is a good way to to ward off any spiritual attack and we do live in a world where um dark forces are at play wonderful answer can you tell me I, i'm i don't say anything you're gonna get in trouble for but please tell me give me what you can about your new show because i'm so excited for you you're launching a brand new show and uh, you know if, if you love uh, father calvin it's going to be a it's going to be a Father Calvin Bonanza. It's all you <laughs> all the time. And it's going to be, um, you're really going to be able to speak your mind, speak your truth. And um, for people that already love you, which so many are telling me they love you, for people that already love you, this is going to be a real safe space. This is going to be a good uplifting space. Yeah, it's going to be liberating. You know, I enjoyed working with people like yourself in the mainstream media. And there were lots of good opportunities about it. But it was controlled. I was I was very controlled of what I could say and you know what topics I could talk about. And there were a lot of things I wanted to address but couldn't. 
And now I can. So I have a platform on a network that truly believes in free speech. And I can talk about all the important issues. Um, my first show is this week at th on Thursday at 3 p.m. on lotuseaters.com. And uh, well, I'm putting the topics together now, so I won't, I won't mention them in case one of them doesn't come up. But yeah. some important issues that the rest of the media is not talking about. And I'm like, why? This is, this is important. Let's discuss it. So we will have a place to do that. I'm so excited for you. Congratulations on all of your success. And you have the sweetest heart. And I am so glad that God brought you into my life. And it, you know, as a, um, just having a fangirl moment, it, I, I loved watching you on TV. Like I said, from here in the States, I was a TV news anchor that decided to transition into Royal commentary. And thankfully that thrust me into your lane. So I was, but just to watch you on TV and, and to admire what you said for years and then stumble upon you in a lobby. Like it was, a, <laughs> it was like a firework, a little firework went off. I was so happy to like Aww. actually, um, you know, to, to see you, but I, that was, was that, that wasn't our first meeting. I think our first meeting was at Buckingham palace. Wasn't it was it? indeed. <laughs> well, I believe you were the you were the tallest, yeah, I know that is a pretty good origin story. And you were the tallest human being I've ever met. And I just wanted to hug you so hard. Um, and you have the perfect little, you're just like a pole. But uh, I just am so grateful for your time today. So grateful that you're here on this planet. Your prayer was so beautiful. Thank you for doing that for us. And, and continue to shine because you are just happiness personified. And I'm so grateful that you're in my life. Thank you, Kinsey. And I'll be praying for you and I'll be praying for your audience as well. So God bless you. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. See you later. Thank Bye. you.